Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Garden pruning. It is such a large part of a gardener's routine. We always, you and I, I'm sure, always have a pair of secateurs or shears close by to remove dead foliage or to neaten something that's out of place. Is that right? Yep. For you? It is for me. It is, yes. Now, that sort of pruning can be done at any time, but there is a more focused approach to pruning that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. That's the sort of pruning that is done at specific times of the year to encourage the next season's flowers and fruit and to help a plant to maintain its shape. Yeah. What do you want to start with? Fruit trees? Because they're obviously a very important. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with fruit trees. Um, Plant. Let's start with, say, nectarines and peaches. Yes. Because that's one that it's very easy to get your mind set on and, and get your head around. As far as I'm concerned. What do you mean, get your mind set on, get your head around? <laughs> right. <laughs> one that um, is difficult to get your head around. One that we need to really. It's so specific. Is that what you mean? It is, yeah. Okay, the pruning is. is specific. There's a little bit more to it than you might think. But mm. it's um, – I don't have any in my garden, so <laughs> – You need to I'll get some. Sit, I'll sit back and listen until you I get some. You need to get some. Okay. All right, so if we, we start with, with nectarines and peaches. They actually fruit on wood that they've produced during the season. So, mm. so what happens is in springtime – your nectarines and your, your peaches will put on this wonderful abundance of flowers. Mm. Now, those flowers will, will be pollinated. If you've got the, the correct pollinators beside them, they will pollinate and then the fruit will set. And with peaches and nectarines, what I like to do is, is wait until the trees have produced the fruits. So you go and pick the fruit off and then that's when I like to prune. Right. Now, the reason I prune then, and this, that's generally done in, in about in summertime, so it's mm. called a summer pruning. Okay, so the nectarines and the peaches are quite early fruiters. They're early fruiters, yeah. Okay. They're generally finished probably by January. Right, you know, yep. Maybe February on, on some, some varieties. Okay. But it, some are very early. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got one that's called Flavor Ripe, which I, we pick in December. Mm, um, you know, so it's very, very early. And then, um, you know, then there's other varieties like China Flat that come oh, yeah. on you know, yes. a, a bit later on. Yes. You know, just absolutely superb. Yes. So you prune those plants back at that stage. So you cut them back and you cut them back to a height that you can handle. There's no point in having a having a fruit tree that is four meters tall unless you're four meters high, <laughs> and you can pick them in that way. Yeah, right. So, so we prune to accommodate what we want out of the particular. To be plants. able to appreciate the fruit and the tree yeah. properly. Yeah, yeah, great idea. Um, and we also prune them in a particular shape, and that shape is called a vase shape. Yes. Now I've heard of that. That's that's well known. We've got it all open in the middle, so the mm. sunlight can get in there, the air can get mm. through it, and the fruit set out around the outside of that. So you can just walk around the fruit. And pick pick all the fruit Perfect. off. Perfect. Yeah, we prune after the fruit have been harvested, and we cut in behind where the where the fruit have have um, been growing. Mm-hmm. And what happens then is that the fruit tree will then put on another burst of growth. Yeah, and it's that burst of growth that will have the flowers for next year's harvest. Right. Does that make sense? Brand new growth. That's comes it's all the brand the, the new growth, growth. that's, yeah. that's yeah. come yeah. after the after the fruit. Yes. That's where the fruit's the gonna fruit's be harvested gonna from, from next, after that. Okay, next time. Yeah. So how many times a year then do you you prune them? 
I prune them twice. So I prune them in summer yes. after, after the, the fruiting. Yes. And then in winter I will then, with particularly with peaches, because they get this horrible thing called leaf curl or leaf shot, other, these other fungal diseases, I tend to give them a really good cover of um, a copper fungicide spray, drench them, absolutely drench them when they're losing nearly most of their leaves. In winter, okay. In winter. Yeah, right. When and then I will give them a tidy up at that particular stage. So I'll go through and, and, and prune a few branches. Any cross branches. Any cross branches or anything that's yeah. growing in through yep. the centre. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll so prune them up in winter. Yeah. Okay, which is it's which is pretty much the case with most fruit trees. With the apples, I know in particular that's what you do as well. You've apples, taught me that. Yes, you can you can prune the apples during the summer as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll get onto that one a little bit later because there's another one. Oh, sorry. That I want to talk about. Moving us too far forward. Go on. And that's apricots. Okay. Now the reason that you prune apricots at a certain time of the year is because. They are incredibly vigorous growers. Mm -hmm. So they've got an awful lot of oomph from the roots pushing up through the the trunk of the trees and then out to the branches. Mm. So you prune once again after they're finished their their fruiting. Fruiting, Yep. And you prune them back and you can prune them back fairly hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason it's done during the summer period is because there is still plenty of growth happening with the apricot. But you want to prevent what is called gamosis. And that is if you were to prune an apricot in the middle of winter and then when spring comes, that sap just goes bang and it just oozes out through, you know, the wounds that you've created during right. the, the winter period. Right. And, and that's where disease can come in. You know, they, mm. the, the bark can split and fall away and then you, you're just going to ruin the plant totally. Okay. So always prune apricot trees in summer after you've picked the fruit. And is it is it okay to do a neaten up of the apricot tree in winter or should we not touch it no, at you, all because of this gamosis? I, I don't, don't, I don't touch, touch mine at okay. all. Okay, at so all it's during a one-time pruning activity for an apricot tree. Absolutely, okay. that's it for that. All right. Yep. Can we move on to my apples now that I wanted to talk about? Yes, we can. <laughs> and and, and, you, and I just love this one. <laughs> well, you love this one. Why do you love this one? An apple tree is a tree that generally fruits on old wood. If you look carefully at, at an apple tree, you'll see that it's got these horrible little spurry type things, like little little nodules? pinkies, little nodules all over it. You know, they're 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 quite spooky looking things when you look at them. They're like little nasty, little, angry looking things. Yes. Okay, they're called spurs. So the spurs um, are what are going to produce apples on, and they'll produce those apples for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start to become less productive. With an apple tree, once again, you are pruning that to a shape. Mm-hmm. Yes, a vase shape vase again. Shape. Yes. yes, yes. You're pruning it to a height that yep. you can control and yes. you can manage, Yes, but you're being very mindful about not pruning off those fruiting spurs. Right. And okay. there's one particular spur on, on an apple tree called a burr. A burr spur. A burr spur, and that can produce five or six apples off the one spur. So it's highly productive. Um, But once again, you've got to know how to look after those after a few years. So I like to prune an apple tree very hard after about five years on one half of that tree. On one half on of the one tree? On one half of it, yeah. So I'll prune prune it back very heavily on one half of the tree so I'm going to be losing those fruiting spurs. Yeah. For maybe one season, maybe two seasons, yep. 
but I've already got, I've already going to, always going to have fruit on the other side of that tree for that period of time. And once the apple is starting to be productive again, then I'll cut, cut the, the other, other side, side down. I understand. Yeah. You helped me really prune my apple tree back quite hard. And as a result of that, it didn't fruit last year. No. So when can I, exp- but is that because we cut all those burr spurs or spurs back? Yep, because they were up about two and a half, high. three, four meters high. So That's they were up in the, up in the useless space, <laughs> except for a productive space for birds. Yeah, it looked lovely. It did look <laughs> lovely, but it's been cut back beautifully. But so I unfortunately didn't receive any fruit from no. the tree last year. Do you think maybe this year? You get this fruit summer? this year. Okay, I'll let you know. As long as the birds don't get them, beat you to it. Yeah, well, I have to get the big net on <laughs> the, the netting. That's something. Well, we're not discussing netting today, but that's something we can discuss it down the track because that can be a bit of a challenge too. Exactly. Netting our fruit trees. Okay, we've moved from apples. What now? Plums. All right. So, I mean, so there are so many. Yeah, there fruit are. Trees. But let's just go back to the apples, and that's that's a winter prune. Apples can carry their leaves right through until September. And those leaves are still being productive to the plant. It's still helping set up their cell structures for for regrowth again. But one of the easiest trees of all for apples to prune is an espaliered apple tree. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so yes. um, I've got got a a couple at home where the branches are all horizontal. Yes. All right, so they're long branches and I've got about six branches high and there are about 300 mil in between each of the horizontal branches. You do what's called a summer prune on those, and then that is it Ah. until next summer. So you don't need to do any pruning on winter for an espalier apple tree. No, because it's completely different looking. Yeah. You 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 haven't got anywhere near the the, the abundance of growth that you have just on a normal apple tree. And what is the benefit of an espaliered apple tree compared to a run-of-the-mill Apple tree. apple tree. Is it just? Um, the, is it the appearance, or is there something to no. do with? Is the fruit? Is it? Tell us more okay. about why espaliered is so good. An espaliered fruit tree can look absolutely stunning yes. on a wall. Yes, I do. Right, know so that. Yep. and and they allow you to to do lots of other espaliered fruit trees because they're not taking up an enormous amount of space. Okay. So in an area, an area, for instance, that you you might have four round growing apple trees. Mm. In that same space, you could have up to twenty mm, espaliered fruit yeah, trees yeah, yeah. along the same area. Yeah, so you could, yeah, so you could have rows of espaliered Ab- trees, absolutely, which is, which we've seen quite often. Yeah, and and then and then in terms of netting to get the birds away, you're just dropping it over the, yeah. the net over the top. Yeah, so it's very very simple. In terms of pruning, it's even more simple to. Have a look at it during the summer, and where those horizontal branches have produced upright spikes. Yep. Then you simply go and and prune those off. Then the tree is then putting all its production into the fruit. Yes. So on a, on an espaliered apple tree, for instance, with horizontal branches, every single fruit is getting exactly the same amount of sap. Oh. So they're going to be a uniform shape all the way along the fruit trees. Yeah. Yep. Uh, from the top to the bottom. Okay. Okay. So magnificent. More production. They're aesthetically much more appealing and they're more, pro- and more productive. So, yeah, that's, I mean, well, that's something that we should all consider. Absolutely. And if we have a small garden, that's exactly what you need to do. Yep, for sure. Espalier. And, and do you actually buy the espalier tree? I mean, do you have it? It's like you go to the nursery and choose an espalier tree to start with, or can you get a small specimen and start espaliering it yourself? You can, How does that if work? you want to save a lot of money. Yeah, that's so good too. my espaliered fruit tree, I, I managed to pick up wholesale and I paid probably about uh, $350 for yeah. it. 
So the, no, it's an expen- it's expensive, but it's a, it, uh, you know we've already got fruit off it, you know for the in its first season. So you bought it, okay? You've just yeah. bought that one, haven't you? If you want to save a lot of money, then the best thing to do is to go into a nursery, have a look at the variety of of apple that you want, mm. uh, and here is the the crunch that you need a cross pollinator with an apple. Mm. So you've got to have something that's going to be flowering at exactly the same time as the one you've you've purchased. What that means is that. An apple tree requires another pollinator in order to make the tree fertile and productive. Mm-hmm. Unless we get into gravensteins, for instance, yeah. gravensteins are classified as triploids, which means they require they are not fertile at all. So they require the pollination from three other varieties of tree. So it gets very, very gets very, very complicated. My so. apple out the back. It's not a gravensteen. I don't think. No, it's it? not a gravensteen. I'm thinking. Should that have been? Should that have another? That doesn't matter. You, you're, we, you're, my place is just down the road. My bees come up to you, <laughs> so you're right. We I'm got so plenty. worried now. Okay, keep going. <laughs> it's sex in the garden. It's birds oh and bees. God, That's what it's all this about. Is definitely a new podcast. Another <laughs> podcast subject for us to discuss. Yeah, for sure. When we next, um, you know. So, and if you go into into a nursery, have a look at uh, an apple tree that it's presenting. Mm. Those shapes already yes, that okay. are, you know, so you that you can say that the, you know, you've got. You want three hundred mil between branches, yeah. uh, with the central spine yes. going all the way up. Yes, we can talk about in this another podcast about how to turn on buds and so forth because okay. it's a that's another very interesting yeah, little I think subject. We'll do that. We'll do that down we'll the do track that. definitely, and I'll actually go and buy a tree and do it. Yeah. Um, so yes, you can actually get apple trees that have two grafts on them, or three grafts, or four grafts. Yes. Multi-grafted trees. Yes. And they can be problematic unless you know exactly what you're doing with them. Right. All right. Because they're all grown on a rootstock mm-hmm. that is a highly productive rootstock. And if one of those varieties becomes more dominant than the others, you've got to know how to prune the other one back to keep it into in, into line, wow. into shape. See, that's I just went out and I bought myself a tree. That was as far as <laughs> that was. This is a long time ago, but I did, and I popped it in the ground, and it, it is a grafted pink lady and something else. I can't even remember now. And I had none of that information. I was provided with none of that information. But I guess the nurseries aren't going to necessarily feel they need to give you that information. It's up to us to no, and, and that's where the problem educate lies. ourselves a bit. Is there anything else that in the garden or in your garden in particular that you prune at specific times or in specific ways throughout the year? I know we talked about your hedges, mm-hmm. but what else okay. can you think of? That we spoke about um, nectarines and peaches. peaches yep. All right, and they produce the fruit on. The wood that they've produced the, the year before. Year wood, yeah. Okay, we spoke about apples, mm-hmm. which produced fruit on old wood with old gnarly spurs and so yes. forth. But there's a third variety of of tree, mm-hmm. or two trees in particular, that are treated totally differently. Okay. Uh, one of those is the persimmon, of which there are about three thousand different varieties of persimmons in, around the world now. But they originated uh, originally from China. Mm. And the other is the mulberry. Right. So a lot of people would uh, would know the mulberries. They if they if they've ever gone out and into a garden that's got a mulberry tree, they're normally they're normally these huge big trees that dominate the backyard. Mm, mm. Um, and what people don't understand is that, that 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 tree never needed to get to that size to be productive. Okay. So the persimmon and the mulberry are about the only two fruiting trees that produce their fruit on the wood that it is growing that year, mm, all right? Okay. So you can prune both of those back basically to, to a stump mm-hmm. 
and then they will put the put the new growth on, and that new growth will then have the flowers. Wow. The flowers will then be pollinated, and they'll be set, and then you you harvest those that you know when when they're ready. Fantastic. And that's the same applies between a persimmon and a mulberry. Do you have persimmons and mulberries? Do you have any? I don't have any mulberries, but I've got a persimmon. Persimmon, okay, yeah. you do fantastic. What about things like hydrangeas? Hydrangeas, well, to flowering now, plants, your favourite flowering plants, yeah, Keith. It's, it's my wife's favourite flowering plant. And mine. And so. We can't leave this so, podcast without discussing that. So, exactly. Um, how many hydrangeas would you have here in your garden? I probably have 20. 20? Probably about 20. Yeah, and different varieties? Different varieties. M- very much mop head, you know, very much um, mostly that sort of style. The, mac- the macro- mac- macrophylla. macrophylla. Yep. But now I'm starting to I've, – I've recently put in some oak leaf and some lime. I'm trying to think what else. But, yes, I've got a number of varieties yeah. now. Okay. So you tell me how to prune a hydrangea <laughs> so that you get flowers next year. On new growth. It's yeah. very important that we you cut back to two plump double buds – if you can, on new growth. That's really important. If you don't, then you will not, they won't produce a flower. They'll still grow and you'll have lovely foliage. So that's nice. It's nice to have a combination of the foliage and the flower. Mm-hmm. But to get more, the more, the more flowers, you need those two plump buds on either side of each other on new growth. There you go. That's answered the question better than I could have. Thank you so much. <laughs> my was my moment there. <laughs> so that's that's hydrangeas in a nutshell. But yeah. well, I mean, there are plenty of there are plenty of things in the garden to, that need to be pruned specifically. Yeah, and, and 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 we do that so that we control how they grow. I mean, that we 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 shape them how we want them to look. That's right. And we shape them to the size that we want them to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what pruning's all about. It's not natural. It's not something that, that the plant requires you to go out and do. No, you could it's leave it. It's what we control. Yes, that's true. We could leave everything to grow, go berserk if we really wanted, if we wanted to have that very natural look in our gardens. Yeah. But we do like to have some sort of control, don't we? We like do. a bit of control in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully some of that information has, or all of that information has been of benefit to our listeners and I've certainly learned a bit, so thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.